Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining, joined tonight by Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you? Happy Sunday. Hello, happy Sunday. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm I'm kind of amped up. I had my coffee ready to go. You had your coffee? <laughs> I'm having a Diet Pepsi. Well, that's good. It is good because, hey, can I just say something? Yeah. Five weeks, no alcohol. Who are you proud of? Congratulations. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, five weeks. And I haven't wanted any. Not that I was addicted or anything, but because of the liver issues and things like that, I'm not allowed to drink anymore, and I don't miss it. But I have been drinking lots of coffee lately. (laughs) How's that treating you? (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, my God. You know, I'm just glad I never went to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting because they just smoke and drink coffee all night. Yeah, when I went to NA, there was a lot of coffee making. <laughs> yeah, a lot of coffee, you know, and just, oh, vey. You know, it's just. Hey, it works crazy. if it works, you know? You know, I, I, that's what I say. If it works, it works. But uh, I was looking at a pack of cigarettes the other day. Oh, you don't want to pick up that habit. I'm trying to put it down. No, I, I, I put mine down many, many years ago, but it was just. I just looked at it, and it kind of said, hello, and I said, goodbye, <laughs> but hello, but I, yeah, I did stick with, them. A, stick, stick with the caffeine, try an espresso, so I'm getting oh, amped up. God, I know, it's like, let me walk over there, pick it up, and go, <sighs> that was me smelling the cigarette, and then I put it down, because then I realized, so, so, you know, it smells good before you light it. Exactly. So yeah, other than you like caffeine addiction, what else is going on with you? Well, um, I, I don't know if anybody's been following me on Facebook recently, but um, I got a new mixer, a KitchenAid mixer, and it's been like I've been become addicted to that now, and I've been baking a lot. Well, today I baked, I think it was like 36, three dozen cookies or something like that, chocolate chip cookies, and then I didn't stop there. I baked four dozen, count them, four dozen dog cookies. I found a dog oh, biscuit my recipe. Yeah, and, and so I made four dozen dog biscuits in, in little star shapes because I didn't have any bone cutters. I didn't have wow, any that's of the interesting. Bone. Yeah, I didn't have any of the bone cookies. I didn't know they cutters. had that. You could make them at home. Of course you can. You can make anything. Oh, well. And because after the success or the lack of success I had um, baking chocolate chip cookies a week ago, I decided, you know, I've got some whole wheat flour here. I bet those would make some darn good dog biscuits, and it did. Because the the oh golly the 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 cookies that I had made last week, they were like concrete chocolate chip pucks. They hurt. They hurt your teeth. But my dog loved the biscuits today. She loved them. Really? Yes, she loved them. She loved them. So I, I packaged up a few and um, for her best friends, um, Buzzy and Rocky. So I'm going to take those in tomorrow so that they can have them at home. So. And it's a very easy recipe. It just takes a while. But it, it was, she's excited. She was very happy to have them. Well, that's that's good because, you know, it's hard sometimes. Um, I'm just waiting. Our, our guest just actually just called my cell phone. No, I got distracted because uh, Michelle oh. Anderson, who's joining us tonight, just called my cell phone. I think she has the wrong number um, to call in, so I have okay, to find a well, way to. Okay, well, do you need to take it? I can vamp. I need to uh, to reach her. So Okay, um, well, I will vamp. You reach her. So 
anyway, um, I'll continue talking about baking. <laughs> God. Oh, jeez, Louise. I know. Well, so, well, you know, it, it, I, I, I'm seriously addicted to baking things now. I'm, I'm on to my next project. I'm going to actually bake bread. I'm going to try bread. Um, I'm probably going to do a wheat, cracked wheat bread, and and move from there. So I'm. Everybody, wish me luck, and um, pray that I don't like burn something down. But um, I probably won't. I mean, I, I think I'll be okay. Baking. I know somebody said Betty Crocker. It's more like Betty Cocker. Oops. Yeah, I actually put that in there. Oh. So when are you going to start blogging again? What's that? When are you going to start blogging again? Uh, it's only been a week. I blogged really? a week ago. Yeah. Oh. How come I don't remember that? What did you blog last about? What did I blog last about? Let me see here. <laughs> it was about something. <laughs> Hold on. I'm getting there. Um, oh, did, speaking of which, did you guys hear about Keith Olbermann? No, who's that? From NBC, MSNBC, Countdown with Keith Olbermann. NBC um, suspended him without pay because he contributed to three Democratic campaigns. Um, let's see. He's a newscaster. Apparently, when you're in the news, you're not allowed to give. But it's okay for all those Fox News people. Let's see. Um, oh, it was Monday, October 25th, so it was a little over a week. Um, I blogged, and it was called, but I was, uh, what was it? What did I call it? But I was only kidding. It was about, um, it's, uh, it's about, uh, bullying and things like that. Okay. Well, I just contacted her on Facebook, so hopefully, uh, she'll give us a call here now. Yeah, she's laughing out loud. Okay, cool. So tonight we actually have this really amazing woman. I met her, um, at the ADAPT Crisis Summit that was held by the ADAPT Advocacy Association two years ago. Um, it was the first time I met her, and then I met her again this year when they had um, the summit as well in D.C. And then I, for the third time, I met her when we went and filmed uh, the ADAPT uh, PSA that I was talking about um, a few, I think about a month ago, uh, that we went down to D.C. and filmed, and she was one of the women who was involved in this. And I told you I was... I felt surrounded by these powerful people. And Michelle is just one of those people you fall in love with instantly when you meet her. She has that good energy about her. Um, and she's funny and she's a hoot. And then when we sat down and started talking, you know, her story is very, very, very interesting and very, I think, relatable to a lot of people. So I wanted her to come on. But I think the most fascinating part is that, what she, like she mentions in her bio, is that she stepped out of the box and became a beauty queen, which is kind of uh, something that is in her family blood, sort of, and she'll explain more about that when she comes on, um, and how she's stepping out and, and being open with her status and in, in, in her, you know, beauty queenness. <laughs> we can call do we, call do we call her her highness, your highness, your excellency? What do we call a beauty queen? Well, let's see. Let's see. Why don't we bring Michelle Anderson on and tell us, what okay. should we call you, beauty queen? Your highness. Your Highness, yay, I love it, yay, see, see, I was right. Mm -hmm. Your Highness is great. <laughs> or Queen Bee, whichever one. Queen Bee. Oh, let's see. No, Queen Bee reminds me too much of Aunt Bee, and I live in North Carolina, so there's a lot of that Andy Griffith thing going around, so we'll call you oh. Your Highness. Okay, Your Highness is great, then. Yes. <laughs> How are y'all? How are y'all? See, she speaks my language. I'm good. Well, she's from Texas. Well, it's not quite the South. It's more Southwest. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But we still Southern. <laughs> well, depends on what side. When you're on the eastern side of the Mississippi, you ain't Southern, honey. <laughs> Let That's me tell you. That is so funny. <laughs> it, it's true when you're when you're west of the Mississippi, forget it. That's true. That's true. You can, you're considered a Yankee. That is so yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming coming from somebody who was born and raised in uh, St. Louis, so. <laughs> well, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, so there you have it. <laughs> oh, there and there it is. That's and the there you have it. <laughs> and there we are, full circle back. 
Right. Oh. <laughs> so you're a beauty queen. Uh, I, I have to be honest with you, Michelle. When um, Robert told me that we were having a beauty queen on, I said, Sean Decker's wife is going to be on? I didn't know she was HIV positive. Wow. And she's going, who the hell is Sean Decker? <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Who is it? Who is it? Sean is a hemophiliac. He's a contributor to Paws Magazine. He um, he wrote a book. What is it called? My Pet Virus. Yeah, I have and, that book. I would. Yeah. Think, I'm sure that sure is right. I have that. Yeah. That is right. Yeah, and and his and he married Gwen, who happens to be a beauty pageant star. And, wow. Um, so so I got everybody confused. So I'm sorry, I, I, Sean, Gwen, Michelle. I apologize for getting everybody confused. That is okay. That's okay. So, All right, thank you. <laughs> so I'll bring it back. This is about you. Okay. This is not about okay. anybody else but you. Okay. okay. <laughs> Hello, Woo, welcome to the show. <laughs> Mel, aren't you glad I stopped drinking? <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> oh, yes. Imagine this me being, you know, having a couple glasses of wine in there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right. No, right That's now it's diet. Yeah. So Michelle, you grew up the whole. Were you born and raised in Texas? No, um, I was. I was born in East St. Louis, and I was raised between St. Louis and Chicago. Um, I come from a family, a well-to-do middle-class family. Um, my mother was an ex-covergirl model, and my father was first sergeant in the military. So I, I lived a pretty good life. So we know where you get the looks from, right? From the, the model mother. I get it from my mama. <laughs> oh, that, your poor dad. I'm not sure he was a hottie. You know, I yeah, get it from my mama. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Dad. I will still love you. <laughs> right. So, you know, my, my life is really good. I'm, I actually have a, a twin brother, and I have a younger sister who is also a former beauty queen. She's the kind of girl that you just want to knock down. <laughs> She's so cute. She wears like a size zero. I don't think I ever been a zero, not even at birth. <laughs> so it's it's crazy. But, yeah, I come from a family who believes um, – Sometimes it hinders us, but they believe that you know your um your how to that your outwardly look, you need to keep it up and make sure that you represent the family. So and then once again, there's me. I'm kind of the chubby one <laughs> of the family, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> when I found out that there was a plus size um pageant, I was like, wow, hmm, and I knew a woman who had entered the pageant, and at first I was a little apprehensive because, you know, the whole pageant thing, you have to look so cute and dolled up and eyelashes and stuff, and I wasn't ready for eyelashes. (laughs) (laughs) I was not ready for all of that. And so um, I gave it some thought, and then I went in and competed, and it's the Miss Plus America pageant. And it's um, by Cornell Productions, and it's nowhere affiliated with the Miss, Miss America pageant but they have pretty much like the same status as the Miss America pageant. And so I went in and um, I uh, you start at local and then you go to the, to the state and I was third runner-up for Miss Texas last year and I decided that I was going to do it again. So right now I'm the reigning um, 2011 Miss Duncanville Plus America. Miss Duncanville Plus America, you said 2011? Yes, I was 2010, now I'm 2011. Oh, well, congratulations on the back-to-back. Well, thank you. <laughs> wow, back-to-back thank wins. You. And I think well, what really blew them away when I had my initial interview, they were like, um, you know, I'm just talking. They go, why, you cho- why did you choose this platform? Mommy, shall be positive. And the whole room got quiet. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? But the whole uh-huh. room got quiet, and come to find out, there had never been anything like this happen before. So they were totally amazed by that. And they were amazed that you were so open about it. Exactly, exactly, 
Exactly. You know, HIV is a very small facet of my life, and I have not allowed it to dictate what I can and cannot do. So to me, it's just like I'm, I'm still Michelle regardless. You know, you don't say, oh, um, if it was anything other than HIV, oh, I have cancer. Do you understand what I'm saying? So to me, that part of my life, even though that is just a very small facet, for some reason it has flipped around and has actually helped me when I disclosed that it actually helped my life in so many different ways. We have well, a question here in the chat room oh, um, from, from yeah from Mark from Mark S King, um, oh. and he he wants to know what are, what do the pageant people in Dallas think of you being so outspoken about being positive. They absolutely love it. I have not have not yet ran into any stigma. If I have, I haven't seen it. Um, when I take it back, yes, I did. Um, it was told to me at one point that um, when I when I disclosed that I may have to um, be careful about body fluids and all the stuff like that. And the first thing I said, well, I'm not planning on sleeping with anybody. <laughs> if that's what you're right. saying. <laughs> What are they doing at pageants? <laughs> hey, I saw that movie, Miss Congeniality. I know what you all do at pageants. <laughs> right? <laughs> so what do you do? What do you say? So, you know, it was funny. But, again, you know. So what did you say to that? That's exactly what I said. Well, oh, I don't think with anybody, so I'm, I think we're good. Oh, but yeah. once they got, and it was all about educating them. And once I educated them, and then they met me, and they began to learn who I was, it didn't even matter anymore. It didn't even matter anymore. So it was. Wow. It turned out really good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm very vocal. <laughs> very vocal. <laughs> I can't tell that about you at all. Oh, just wait. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I can really, you know, I can elaborate a little more if you like. <laughs> Not at all. So, um, <laughs> so let, let's, I, I want to start a little bit about um, kind of go back in time a little bit. Okay. Okay. So we're all going to close our eyes. We're going to go back in time. Back to what was it, nineteen ninety nine? Your whole world changed, obviously. Right. Tell us about that. In nineteen ninety nine, um, actually it was April eleventh of nineteen ninety nine. I remember the whole day. I was um diagnosed with HIV. Um during that time in my life I had did a lot of crazy things, taken a lot of risks. And I always blamed it on behavior, but now it's something completely different. And um, I was uh, in a rehab, working on my stuff, and I decided to go ahead and get tested. And back then, there wasn't really any um, pre-counseling measures when you get tested. You just just go in a room, they draw blood, and say, we'll get back with you in two weeks. I said, fine. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't have it, so I'm not tripping about it. And I didn't. I didn't worry about the test at all. And so the two weeks came, and they called my name, and I left group and went um, to the to the room, to the nurse's station, and the lady said, it does not look good. I said, what doesn't look good? My hair doesn't look good. What do you mean? <laughs> what, what, what doesn't look good? And she got up and walked out the room and never came back. Right there and then I knew I was HIV positive. So, And then there was no post-counseling at all. Wow. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Hold on. I want, I want to go back for a minute. She says mm-hmm. it doesn't look good and got up and left. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. And, I, and again, me being Michelle and who I am, I said, what are you saying? My hair doesn't look good? What? <laughs> and she got up and left. And never gave you the diagnosis? Never really, never gave, never one time did she say I was HIV positive. <laughs> wow, I would Crazy. be suing. I mean, I would totally be suing. Excuse me. I didn't get what I paid for here. She left. <laughs> she left, right. 
Oh, my now, God. I walk down stunned. this long hallway and telling people, and, like, I'm in shock. And then the first thing that comes to mind is I'm going back to jail. <laughs> and I'm going to take as many people with me as I possibly can. I was just that angry. And then I get a letter saying uh, from the department that I'm HIV positive and this is the things I need to do and this and that and that. So I was never really so frightened. So what did you do? I know it's crazy. Um, I didn't the go days, to jail. months after. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Huh? What did you say? You went back to jail? <laughs> no, I didn't go. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. But So the days, months after that, what happened? The day from us after that, I was I told everybody that I possibly could because I needed to find to be a part of. I just felt so alone. Um, I just I just needed to be loved to be helped because this was devastating to me because in my mind I'm going to die and there was no post counseling then during that time and um, I kept like well maybe I need to go get on a doctor and I believe. And, and go see the doctor and stuff and get in trouble because then they said that I was um, medication-seeking. No, I need to find out what's going on with me so I know what I need to do if I'm going, you know, going to die and stuff like that. And um, eventually I came to terms with it. Um, my, I guess you can say my defining moment was um, when I looked up in the sky and um, it, the, for that day the grass was real green. The sky was real blue, and I had this overwhelming feeling that everything was going to be okay. And since then, I've been all right. I've been all right. Right. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been just fine, and I began to start to embrace what was going. But the first thing I had to do was embrace Michelle and to let Michelle know that it's it's not because of what you've done doesn't mean that your behavior doesn't dictate this. You know, loving someone, because I was married before, come to find out later on that um, I may have been um, infected by a, a friend. You know, loving someone does not is not a behavior that warrants you becoming infected. Right. And we need to break that negative connotation. Regardless, were you were you educated about HIV and AIDS before you know your infection? No, because it was a white gay man's disease. Oh, yeah. I didn't worry about it. Remember, yeah. I didn't worry about it because it's a white gay man's disease. But as I began to to learn about it and realize that okay. It ain't it ain't just them, it's all of us. And then I linked myself up with different organizations and and the AFIA Center and learned so much more about it. But I it was something that I had to get on the internet. I didn't believe what the internet was saying half the time, you know, trying to find books, didn't understand what if the books were telling the truth half the time because, you know, HIV is so forever changing. Mm-hmm. And so the information is forever changing. So um, I link myself up with different organizations that um, begin to teach me these things about HIV and AIDS and the policy behind it. Wow! One of the um, one of the organizations that you're hooked up now, um, a friend of ours, um, you know, I, a couple we have a lot of friends, you know, in common uh, that are involved with this organization, the Campaign to End AIDS, and you're you're a co-chair for the the chapter in Texas. Can you tell us a little bit about what that's about? Um, I am the uh, Texas co-chair for the campaign in AIDS, and the campaign in uh, the campaign in AIDS is a organization, a diverse coalition of people living with HIV and AIDS. Their advocates, colleagues, friends, and loved ones, together, we're demanding that our local, state, and national leaders exert the political will to stop this epidemic um, uh, here in the U.S. and abroad. And my thing here in Texas, we are we deal with a lot of local issues, but one of the main things that has struck us, that hit, that hit us hard, 
is the fact that of an impending ADAP waiting list. And the ADAP uh, is AIDS Drug Assistance Program. And this is basically a cost containment measure that that our local government happens because we're in a, uh, we have a twenty three million dollar shortfall for the fiscal year of twenty thirteen. So ba- basically, they're balancing balancing the budget off of the backs of HIV HIV positive people, and that's insane. And now, right that's now, there's insane. currently because the other. Um, organization that you're involved in is ADAPT Advocacy Association, and, you know, you're the treasurer there, right? Right. Yeah, I am. Right, and and I'm one of the board members also there, you know, um, (laughs) with Brandon, which is Mm -hmm. um, one of the other organizations, like I said, that you're a part of. And right now on the ADAPT waiting list, there's close to 4,200 people, you know, in nine states on the waiting list. And how does that happen? You know, how does that happen? That's just insane. Are we throwaway people? I'm, I'm I'm beginning to wonder. Are we throwaway people? That people think that we don't, that, I guess, they, is it the stigma associated by, behind it? Oh, we're going to die anyway, so come on, let's just take their meds and make sure they go out. What is that? But we're not going to make this political. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we can. That's right. We because absolutely I will go can. go off on a tangent. Go on a soapbox. Well, Michelle, you actually say something that's that's very interesting, is that AIDS is political. It, it was made political right. in, in 1983 during, you know, in 1981 when Reagan was, was um, president. So it, it, mm-hmm. it's been political from the very beginning. It's been right. it will be political till the very, very end, until politicians really understand that um, – that that HIV is a is a health crisis and not right. a a politically charged platform. That's not what right. it is. And and I'm totally with you. You know, and and because in North Carolina we have one of the largest waiting lists in the country. Wow. Um, yeah. Right. I think we make up almost half of the of the entire United States waiting list. Is what I wow. remember seeing last time. So. It, 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 under, I understand completely mm-hmm. on on that right. side of it. Then on the other side of it is okay. <laughs> so so where do we start cutting in order to pay for ADAP? You know, are we? Is everybody willing to pay higher taxes? No, people right. are. Right? No, they're not. Are, you know, and they're, and they're so it's. Up. Exactly. So, so how do we get people to understand that healthcare isn't is a fundamental human right, no matter if you are HIV positive or not? And I think that's the message that we have to start lobbying over now that, with this recent round of elections that just went through, that the Republicans want to take away and reverse the healthcare legislation that that we passed this year. So it's mm-hmm. it's very important that we get in front of in front of this train before before we're underneath it. But anyway, I'm with you. Right, right, right. <laughs> Sorry, Thank I you. didn't I didn't mean to take us off on that tangent, but That's okay. That's okay. Then hey we but we do have a um we do have a question in the in the chat room actually. And I just wanted to let everybody know that it's uh about nine thirty right now. What is it, nine twenty eight? Almost at the bottom of the hour, and if anybody wants to give us a call at three four seven two one five nine four four two to talk with Michelle and ask her any kind of question you might have, give us a call. Feel free. Uh, but we do have a question in the chat room, and that question is: Michelle, do you do any work with AIDS Arms or the Resource Center? Well. The- I don't do any work with AIDS arms. However, um, the AFIA Center, HIV Prevention and Sexual Reproductive Justice, that is um, a five hundred one c three organization, women's central organization that I work that I work for as a peer educator. We are teaming up with the Resource uh, Center um, women uh, group at the kitchen table, and we are uh, working on ideas of how to do a group slash social, uh, how do you say that, um, economic building um, group for HIV-positive women. But right now, I'm just strictly with the Affairs Center for the moment. 
Okay, great. So, Jeremy322, hopefully that will answer your question. And if anybody <laughs> else wants to throw a question in the tra- chat room for Michelle, uh, please do. And I we just will try to get them a, on the air. I just got um, a question here. Uh, tweet it to me. I'm trying to pull it up here. Uh-oh. Hold on a second. Find it. Oh, Michelle, who, if anyone, is your mentor? Monique. Oh, I love me some Monique. Because <laughs> 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 she, like, she taught me how to love my stuff, all my lumps and bumps and everything about me. <laughs> I love Monique. <laughs> my The other person who I love is Marsha Jones. And she is the one who basically taught me everything I needed to know about HIV and AIDS and that um, to that it was okay to love myself and not blame myself for becoming affected and to know that there were vulnerabilities that led to me becoming affected. And she just nurtured me and loved on me. She was like another mama to me. And I just want everybody to know I love her to death. Um, the SDS Center is a women's center organization that, I mean, they are truly, they they truly do what they set out to do. And it's just to build women back together, build them back up and transform women and girls' relationship to their reproductive health and wellness. And it's just, I just love her. I've cried with her, laughed with her, everything, denied everything that she has walked me through what I needed to go through, even threatened to uh, beat me up I just I, uh, got out of the passion Because at one point I, I wanted to quit And she says you can't quit Because when you walk across that stage You're walking across For every HIV positive woman Who cannot say they're HIV positive But for that one moment To mouth that they're HIV positive Through you wow. And I said oh Okay <laughs> And that's powerful <laughs> yeah, that is powerful. Actually, we have a caller on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and bring area code 214. What's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is Marsha Jones. Oh, well, look at that. That's my boo. <laughs> I just got through talking about you. That's my baby. <laughs> See, now, I'm saying now about the cry. <laughs> I was actually crying, right, because I was listening to you. But anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to say, hey, Michelle, because I didn't think I was going to get to hear it because I, I, I joke a lot and say I'm the only person in the world with dial-up. So I knew I <laughs> And then I saw the number that I could call in, and so I just wanted to let you know, Michelle, I'm listening to you, and you know I'm supporting you. <laughs> Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, I got to stop the show for one second. Uh Miss Marsha Jones, you have dial up? (laughs) She does. (laughs) I'm the one person who still have dial up. (laughs) Who uses dial up? Oh, Miss Miss Jones, I'm gonna be calling you a little bit later. <laughs> we'll we'll get you we'll get you into the 21st century here soon. That's what I said. You can help. Can watch videos. Wow, wow! It takes her to download a PDF file. Hey, hey, listeners, listeners, you have to understand that dial up. She probably waits about an hour and a half just to download a, a, just a, a Word document. Four yeah, hours to download an update for Microsoft. Now, I'm, I'm just going to not believe that, you know, I'm thinking it was a lot of love in this room a minute ago. <laughs> this love, this love over here. <laughs> I got snuffed out. There's you, know, you know, I got to tell you, I, I, I am just kidding with you, but that is funny stuff. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I know well, that you're okay that's with where I'm hide with that dollar. <laughs> but I just wanted to let you know that I was supporting you, and I'm on here listening. That's wonderful. And I didn't even think you were listening, so what I said just came straight from my heart because I knew you had dollar. <laughs> 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 I didn't think you'd be able to 
get on. (laughs) That's wonderful. Well, thanks for calling into the show, Marsha. I've been hearing it again. I said thank you for calling into the show. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you all are doing. You couldn't have found a better person in the world to do this show with tonight besides Michelle. No, oh, uh-huh. I agree with you. Then I'll pay you when I get off. <laughs> <laughs> Marsha's getting a phone call later. Hi, Marsha. <laughs> oh, that's hey, funny. That's kind of hey, ironic that she was on. Go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, I was, I was going to say we have another question in the chat room, so. Go ahead. Okay, um, so the question that we have, and by the way, thank you, Marcia, for calling in. I, I think that was terrific. And yes. After all that, those wonderful, wonderful things that were said. Um, so we have a question from Paz for Paz four three four in the chat room, and the question is, Michelle, do you work with any of the schools promoting testing in sexually active youths and young adults? Hello. Hello. Hello? Uh-oh. Michelle? Uh-oh. Did we lose Mich- Is Michelle on dial-up, too? No, I I have her. Maybe, um... Is she on a cell phone, I wonder? have her call back. <laughs> she may have got disconnected for some reason. I don't know why that could have been. I think maybe she was on a cell phone, so she may have lost service. Um, but just as a reminder, as we're waiting for her to call back in... Um, don't forget to ask her that question. I do want to remind people that if they go over um, and check out um, my blog over at the positive at positivepitch.blogspot.com, there's a list of all the upcoming shows in November. Um, actually, uh, next week we are going to have Bradford McIntyre, who has a website positivelypositive.ca, and he'll be on uh, next week sharing his story and talking about the work that he does. So you're going to want to tune into that. On the 21st, we're going to be speaking with people from tweaker.org, and our own Paz Iammer Greg um, is going to come on and share his personal story about uh, living with HIV and, um, you know, his pre-drug days and stuff like that and what his, you know, meth has done to him and what he is now doing, you know, speaking out about it and sharing his story. So you're going to want to tune into them. And I believe I... Should have Michelle on the line, and there hey. she is, Michelle. I'm right so there. sorry. I got no this bootleg phone. The works when it wanna work. I was going to say, are you on dial-up too, Michelle? <laughs> you may think I am. You really may think I am. Because <laughs> I was like, how ghetto is that? <laughs> this is just not diva for your phone to cut off. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, so anyway, I was asking you a question before you hung up on us. Um, <laughs> so, so the question is from pause four, pause four, three, four, Michelle. <laughs> Michelle, do you work with any of the schools? Within promoting testing in sexually active youths and or young adults? I have not had the pleasure of doing that, although that is something that I would love to do. I am uh, speaking at um, <clears throat> a couple of schools here in Dallas. One of them is um, Maya Angelou on December 10th, and I'm speaking uh to is basically a school for pregnant teenagers and um, are speaking at their HIV awareness program. And then um, there's another one that I'm waiting to confirm. And it's also speaking to uh, girls about, uh, about HIV and AIDS prevention. But that's something that I would love to do. Here in the South, it's really hard to get involved with uh, the schools and link up you know, because of the, the once again the stigma associated associated with it, but there's really no, they feel there's no need for sexual um, comfort. I mean, how do you say it? I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm tongue tied. Uh, comprehensive sex education here, and it's insane. Mm-hmm. You can talk about anything else, every, anything else that you can't really talk about HIV and AIDS, and I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that sad? Yeah, it is. 
It is, and 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 now syphilis is on the rise. ST, STIs in general are on the rise because we're, we're not talking about it. You know, I remember when I was in school, we had to take uh, sex education, and they lied to us. <laughs> what what they lied to you about? <laughs> well, you know, women like far as far as women, you know. Um, when you start your administration, you're going to have a small red dot. Yeah, right. <laughs> I thought I was dying. <laughs> well, maybe you had dying. one of those wide-set vaginas, and you just have a heavy flow. <laughs> just, I'm like, it's over. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> you know, they, you know, they, they sugarcoated everything. It wasn't really... <laughs> <laughs> they did that in my school as well. Right. You know what? I got to tell you. They, no, 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 no. In junior high, they made us watch movies. A birthing movie? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It got pushed out of that thing. I, I saw that in, in junior high, and they showed us pictures of, like, herpes and syphilis gonorrhea, yeah. all that stuff. They showed us pictures. No, they she didn't show me none of that. No. Oh, yeah. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. My mother, she actually signed the permission slip for my brother and me to go through this. Wow. I didn't she even didn't want to touch myself. I don't like I did that to my daughter. Yeah. I did that to my daughter. I just showed her a book, and she did not want to have sex, and she didn't. Yeah. You know what? I think Planned Parenthood is the best thing to take kids to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, right. they they do it right. Take your kids out there to Planned Parenthood so they can see what happens if you don't That's wrap right. it up. That's right. So, that is right. Hey, hey so we also have another of- question coming to us live from the chat room. James Page in the chat room says, Michelle, I'm newly diagnosed and looking to become locally active in Austin, Texas. What groups do you suggest? I suggest that you join the campaign to an just um, so that you know, y'all, my phone is ringing. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> my phone is ringing. This is not good. Um, anyway, you can link. <laughs> you can link yourself up with the campaign to NAs in Texas in Austin, and we're actually going to be down there for a Texas meeting on November nineteenth, as well as an action um, regarding the impending here in Texas, and it's going to be at the Harm Reduction uh, Conference on, uh, well, we're actually going to be there on the 19th. We're going to be linked up with the Harm Reduction Conference. We're not going to be attending because we're going to be doing the action, but it is in, in Austin, and I believe all you have to do is go on the Harm Reduction website, and uh, it will give you the exact address of where we're going to be at, but we're going to go to our capital and demand that they save our ADAP. We're actually going to bring a caravan from Dallas to Austin of HIV positive people. And it's going so, to um, Michelle, can you, is there a way that he can uh, contact you? Is there on the Campaign to Edge website? Is there an email there, or should we contact you, you can through go, Facebook? You can go either on Facebook, or you can go to the website. I prefer you go to the website, and uh, it's called c2ea.org. And they will link you up to someone in your community. Now, um, a bit earlier, you talked a little bit about um, your daughter. How did you um, basically, you know, talk to them about HIV and AIDS and stuff like that? Because I know you said you showed, um, your, you showed your daughter a book, but um, how was the conversation with them? You know, with you being positive. Well, the at first um, the um, the conversation. When I first told them, they really they understood, but they didn't understood, understand. So um, as I began to tell them what was going on with me, they were okay with it, but they still had problems with it because, like, once again, the stigma associated around it. And they were always blamed, well, if they found out, if their friends found out that I had HIV, then they uh, would say, would tease and taunt them saying that they had AIDS, too. Right. And um, but I began to educate them about what it was, about STDs in general, and empowered my girls 
to, you know, I know that you guys are going to have sex. There's no sense in me saying uh, be um, abstinent because it doesn't work. But if you right. do decide that you have sex, please come to me and talk to me first. Which one did? Not I almost passed out, her and her boyfriend. <laughs> I <laughs> literally passed out. And um, I sat down, and they said they wanted to have sex. And so I pulled out my book <laughs> that I got from the Urban League and started showing them pictures of what chlamydia looks like, and it looks like cauliflower, <laughs> and they were grossed out, and they didn't have sex. See? They didn't have sex. See, you show them the pictures of, of things that could fall off. Don't talk about – I'm serious. Don't talk about HIV. Say, do you want your dick to fall off? Right. <laughs> and then you show them the pictures. That's right. That's right. And I showed them the pictures, and it was graphic, and that did it. They weren't worried. <laughs> and it's funny because they weren't worried about the HIV, but they were worried about the other stuff. Yes. <laughs> they were worried you know, about we, the other stuff. You, you get them where, it, where they're thinking. Right, right, right. You know? Exactly. Honest to God. You, you want it to come out of there and you want to be dripping on your shoe? Go for it. <laughs> that is so there gross. Are, uh, I'm you know, gross out now. It is. It, it is gross. It's going to burn it really you, pee, and you're going to have pus down there. Let me show you a picture. <laughs> Let me show I think it'll work. That's right. That That's works right. great. But, and, and quite honestly, it's nobody knows if you have HIV until you tell them. So, right. but if you got something dripping down there and there's right. a big, you know, like sore on it, it's like, look, right. look right. down below. Check it out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I should, you know, hook him up. With, and you think oral sex is all great? Oh, no. I have a friend who had chlamydia in the back of his throat. <laughs> How do you oh, think no. it got no. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, so boys and girls, how to keep teens from having sex? This conversation right here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And that book. Use a pop-up book. You have sex. You can. You can go blind. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You literally can go blind by having unprotected sex. You can. Absolutely can. That's right. That's right. So to bring it a little bit back to 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 HIV and, and, and your story, tell me a little bit about when you sat down and told your family. What was that? Was HIV um, something that was like, you know, did somebody in your family have it before? Like, was there people that you could go and talk to that you knew would be accepting, or was it? Did you go through that difficult stage? I went through the difficult stage um, again, uh, not making some, making a few bad choices in my life, and not. Um, my family was all about um, you don't tell your secret, you don't air your dirty laundry. You don't, you know, it's all about whatever go on with the family. We deal with it together. And for me to tell them that I was HIV positive, that was like, what did I do wrong to deserve this? And it was nothing that they did. And, you know, it was basically, you know, this is something that has happened to me that um, I couldn't explain what happened because they they automatically said, well, if you hadn't been doing this, then this wouldn't happen. If you hadn't been doing that, then this wouldn't happen. So it was really hard. But then I had to educate my family. You know, I had to begin to educate them and tell them "This this is what's going on with me. And, you know, regardless of how you may feel about what has happened to me, I'm still your child. And right now I need you to love me, not blame me. Mm. And it took me distancing my distancing myself. I can't say that word um, <laughs> to and created a whole nother family of hearts, so that when I did come home, I was able to. I had that that tough 
in so that I was able to deal with my family the way that I needed to and take the criticism and take everything I needed to take and so that we could move past it and then start dealing with what was going on. Wow. It was hard. It was hard. It was it was it was tough. It was tough. Now, I think I might have been better off, you know, if I said I was gay or something, I probably it'd been it would have been a whole lot better, but just to say that I was HIV positive, oh my god, it was was not good. Yeah, I hear you. My family was like that, too. It was always, you know, everybody doesn't need to know. We don't have to tell everybody. And, you know, it's so funny because now we're both shouting it from the rooftops. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, they're bragging on me. Actually, uh, <laughs> we have um, a caller here on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and bring them on. A caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Diane in Denver. Hi, Hi Diane. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I just got onto your show, so I'm I'm running late, but I got on here. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad yeah. you can make it. Thank you. So I kind of heard you guys just kind of talking about what your situation was as far as um you know expressing to your family when you became HIV positive and that type of thing, and I just kind of wanted to piggyback on on that if I can. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, you know, I think for me, like with my situation, was that my family has always really been there for me, and I didn't think it was going to be that hard. Like when I disclosed to them that, you know, okay, I was diagnosed with HIV, you know, I just thought they were all going to back away from me, and luckily my family was there for me, and they were there to support me and, you know, do whatever it was that they needed to do for me. So I just, you know, really appreciated them doing that for me, and, the thing that I'm really having an issue with out here in Denver is um, I'm in the process of building my own foundation and my own support group, and what we're having issues with is getting women to actually join our foundation, and we're really putting the word out there, you know, saying that we do have our own support group, and we're just having, you know, I don't know if it's maybe the days that we're meeting on or, you know, what this is, and right now we're kind of running on zero funding, but it's just really difficult for us to get people to join that support group. And we want to do a lot of things for the women that are out there that need us, but we just can't get, like, the membership is just low. And that's what we're having a big, um, you know, issue with right now in, here in Denver. Michelle, how would you um, advise Diane to, to get women or more, more people involved like that? since you were kind of involved with those, you know, the campaign to end AIDS and stuff like that, how do you get people involved more? With the campaign to end AIDS or her organization? Well, with her organization, how would she, how do you think she could, well, you know, make it so also, more people are... Well, if, if, I, if I do recall, I think, Diane, you are a member of campaign to end AIDS, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, one, of the, one of the things that um, we've had to do here locally um, as far as campaign to end AIDS, we had to umbrella under a physical agent, and we chose, and the FIA Center is our physical agent. Um, a lot of things, we, you know, sometimes you might have to partner with somebody for your group to work is what I'm trying to say. So you might find right. an organization that is willing to house your organization to be under their umbrella and work from there until you are able to branch out on your own. Right, and that's one of the things that we're trying to do as well is partner, you know, with other organizations. But I think one of the main reasons why a lot of women um, don't want to partner up with other organizations right now is because either they're with one other one, which is pretty big out here, but the one that a lot of people were involved with, were involved with it was called um, the Women's Lighthouse Project. And uh, November 30th will be the last day. They, I thought that they were going to try to, you know, get up and running again, but I just recently found out this past week that they are for sure closing their door on the 30th of uh, this month. They'll be done. So I think a lot of women just kind of feel like, okay, where do I go? And that's what they're trying to do with a lot of the women. They have like over 150 women in that group. So they're trying to get them to go to other organizations. So I told them, well, put me at the top of the list and let them know that we have Positive Woman in Action is the name of our group, that we are out there for them. Do you have a okay. website that you can let people know about? Yes. Well, actually, 
We're in the process of getting a website built up for us, so we're in the process of getting that together. So, um, and like I'm totally new at this, so I'm trying to, right. you know, get this thing together as far as you know, writing the grant and how to make the group known. And so we have people that are actually um, assisting us with all that. Okay, that, well, when you get your website right. up, let us know so we can get that out there for people because people are always I, looking for support groups. Yeah, and Definitely. I was I was gonna jump in here. This my name is Jeremy Diane, and um, I used to live in Denver. So um, okay. one of the other places that you could try. I don't know if you want to work with Colorado Aid Project, but they're very very good. They are very good at getting support groups going, and um, there's also um, oh crud, it's over there. Empowerment. No, it's off of Colorado Boulevard. Um, it takes a village. No, it's the hospital down there, University of Denver Hospital. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm actually yeah. hooked up with them, so with yeah. the ID clinic there, yeah. Yeah, with the ID clinic, and if you can right. get a – yeah, they, that was my clinic when I first Yeah, actually, got Dr. Carton is going to probably be one of our board members, so I'm in the process of, of working with her on that. Yeah, oh, and, the, and the key is to market yourself. You, you're going to have to get out there, and sometimes it takes hand and foot to do that. You're going to have to get out there and market yourself by giving out flyers, doing whatever you need to do, putting your flyers up in, in the hospital where they have a community board, you know, just really marketing yourself and, and, and letting people know that you're there. Yeah. You know, putting yeah, it on Facebook like you did. Yeah, but you have yeah, to. It's, it's going to take a lot of work, and it's not going to happen right. Right. I mean, the best thing I would say was definitely, you know, go on Facebook and at least start a page where you can start posting information for people to find it. And Twitter, you can you can also join Pause I Am um, and, you know, post information there as well. So I want to thank Spain for calling in. We're coming down to the last couple minutes. So um, I wanted to see, is there anything – that you have coming up. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about real quick, we only have about three minutes left, is I wanted you to talk about what you're going out to do in California. I am going to California to be, um, I'm going to Los Angeles, California, to be a part of a PCA that is hosted, public service announcement, that is hosted by the AIDS Health Foundation. Um, they're the ones that have the bread T-shirts that says no bullshit. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have seen that. <laughs> I love that T-shirt. <laughs> and, and they're promoting HIV testing. So I'm going to be a part of their viral um, PSA, and it's also on the impending ADAP waiting list. That's awesome. And why AIDS drugs uh, assistance program is so important for people who are living with HIV. And I'll be gone right. from the 10th to Saturday to the 13th on Saturday. That's well, it sounds exciting. We wish you a lot it of luck is. with it. Um, other than that, is there anything else you would like to um, have people? People can just contact you through the campaign to end AIDS. That's the best way. The best way for them to contact me, um, actually, um, take me on Facebook, or they can contact me at Michelle at the org. And there was okay, another one that was <laughs> yeah, it's it's, no, on, it's actually on my Facebook, and you know I just want everybody to know that um, as far as as far as women of color, that we need to stop blaming people's behaviors about um, the how HIV AIDS uh, how you become impacted by HIV and AIDS. That we begin to look at the vulnerabilities associated with becoming infected. You know, the only difference between me and a person who's not positive is that um, they're not positive. We have the same vulnerability. So we need to begin to teach one another, educate one another, instead of tearing each other down, because this disease isn't going anywhere. And we need to begin to empower people to tell their voice, to, to tell their stories, even if it means stepping out of the box like I did and became a beauty queen. But I had to do that to save the lives of other HIV-positive women who may not have that voice. Well, I absolutely agree. Michelle, we thank you so much for joining us for this hour. We love you. We wish you so I much luck. I love you, too. Y'all are hilarious. I'm going to call. <laughs> please do. I'm going to call in. Yeah, please and do. And call me all kinds of dirty names. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this sounds a little freakish. <laughs> I am. Grr. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Michelle, you have yourself a great night. Thanks, okay. Michelle. Okay. 
Thank you. Good luck Bye-bye. in L.A. Bye. And remember, folks, you can find more information on Jeremy at Jeremy, oh, PositivelySpeaking.com. Where? More information about me at PositiveM.com. I don't know why I was giving out your name as a website. Maybe it's a hint or a sign. <laughs> I will talk to you in uh, two weeks. Or two, yes, right? yes, two weeks. I'm taking a week off, everybody. Bye. All right, have a great night. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Have a great week, everyone.